This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And we went through all of Psalm 1 the first time. But we didn't go through all of Proverbs 1 the first time. It's a little bit of a clearer contrast of what Psalms 1 describes as far as the path of the wicked and the path of the righteous. But we only got halfway through it the first time with David and Hattie. And so, in fact, we didn't even get half, we didn't even get that far. Um, so it describes from verse 8 to verse 19 what, what the actions of the wicked are. So it starts out with you no know, wisdom and instruction in verse one, verse two, and then goes to the end of verse seven. It bookends it with fools despise wisdom and instruction, and then it explains what sinners will do. And there's a plea at the very beginning about father's instruction and mother's teaching. So we're going to finish this proverb today. Um, well, not finish the proverb. We're going to go from verses 8 to 19 with David and Hattie today. Partially because we've got this contrast in the book of Luke between Herod, who's called the king of Judea, and already Zechariah and Elizabeth, but also the total picture of king of Judea, versus Jesus who was crucified for being king of the Jews but is truly the king of kings and lord of lords so I hope you enjoy and may the Holy Spirit open our ears and eyes and hearts to his truth howdy Hey, David, how are you? All right. Hi. Hi, Hattie. So, what we're doing today? So, you you saw how, and we kind of explained how, Herod and Zechariah and Elizabeth were very different in the book of Luke. Yeah, yeah. And that we needed to back up and kind of see what the whole picture was. Yeah. But we're going to back up and just kind of look at the prototype. And what I mean by that word is we're going to look at the contrast of the type of person Herod is. And the type of people Zachariah and Elizabeth are. Oh, kind of like cartoons? Yeah, cartoons work when they have certain personalities and you, you get to follow the certain personalities and you either like them or you don't or you correlate with them or you don't. And so cartoons are backed up by this general type. The Proverbs speaks in this general type. And remember we went through verses 1 through 7. Yeah. Well, at the end of verse 7, it said, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah. So we're going to read the next section and find out 
that, and it really doesn't tell us this right away. It tells us later in Proverbs a little more clearly. But fools and sinners are in the same group. Okay. Okay. What's the difference then? How come we use two different words? Well, fools, it tells us, despise wisdom and instruction. And they become sinners because they despise wisdom and instruction. So they despise God's path and then they walk a path that is opposed to God. And they think that God's at fault for everything that happens to them after that. Oh, I get it. Right. So a fool becomes a sinner with choices they make. But part of it is that deep inside, they just don't want to listen to God. Oh, okay. So verse 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Well, wait a second. What does that mean? Well, Hattie, have you ever had a necklace? Yeah. Has your mom ever told you not to pull on it? Yeah. I did once. The whole necklace broke. Everything came off of it. It was ter ter terrible. It made me cry. Right? Okay. So what he's saying here is not just that these are supposed to be decorations. Your father's instruction, your mother's teaching, and grace for a garland and for your head and pendants for your neck. But it says don't break them. Don't break them because they're beautiful things for you. They keep you in check. And as you live those out, you will be more beautiful for wearing them. Kind of like I, it's pretty to have a necklace on. Right, Hattie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to have like a nice cowboy hat, but if you smush it all up, it doesn't work. Right, right. So... That's the idea. He's correlating that with something you wear so that you understand that if you take care of that thing that you wear, you need to take care of you and your reputation. My son, if sinners entice you, verse 10, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors.
wow, there was a lot in there. There is a lot in there. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit. What he's saying is that eventually what happens for many who don't follow God's path, they get enticed one way or the other to follow another path. And they may not be the instigators. They may not be the ones who start that path. But essentially, the goal is not to do honest work to receive honest pay or not to do honest connecting to earn a certain percentage or that kind of thing. It's not an honest work that has an honest thing. They are trying to steal from others. And eventually when you steal from others for a certain amount of time, you end up lying in wait for blood. You end up hurting somebody or killing somebody. Oh, because you're trying to take what is theirs. Right. And you get used to taking. And you think that whatever is theirs should be yours because you want it. Well, that's not right. It's not. And it's a very gradual change in understanding. And I think that's part of the reason that Proverbs contrasts this so much between one set and the other is that sometimes during life it's kind of gray. You don't see the real contrast. And Proverbs gives us a chance, kind of like a cartoon, to see what's going on clearly and to find. Oh, okay. So... You were telling us Herod wasn't a very nice guy. He wasn't. He wasn't. And we could go into all of that history, but it's kind of a lot of bloodshed. But he ends up being scared for his own life several times, sometimes rightly so. He ends up conspiring with someone who killed Julius Caesar and then having to convince Julius's stepson or Julius's adopted son, actually, Augustus was adopted, that he was still on his side, which somehow Herod did, and got permission to kill those who were, who were conspiring against him, including his own two sons. So it ends up one bloody hot mess. And here's the problem, is that when that happens, it's not the people that are innocent that get caught up in this. The people that are in the group end up killing each other off most of the time. Oh. And this happens throughout the Bible. The Bible does not pull punches or change history in order for us to um, 
not have that to struggle with. It doesn't change that. The minute Eve bit into the knowledge of good and evil as the forbidden fruit, the minute it became something we saw, we need to be able to discern good and evil. So in other words, instead of hopping on to this, this gang here and, and saying, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. I don't want to do anything bad or anything, but if, if y'all are going, then you need to not go with them because the minute you go with them, you're going to get yourself in trouble or they're going to get you in stuff, get you in trouble and everybody's going to get hurt. Right. And they may not get hurt that time, but it doesn't mean they won't get hurt. Wow. That sounds like no fun at all. Right. Some of us have our personalities that we'd just rather not get involved in that kind of thing because it's just bad all the way around. So for some people, this is a little easier to avoid than others. Um, but the contrast is here because it doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world to belong to a group. But some groups do some bad things. And he he defines that group. He says, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It, the unjust gain, and the ways to get unjust gain take away the life of its possessor. So they don't understand they're aiming for their own life just because they want stuff. Right. Stuff is not the same as life. You're right. Stuff is not the same as life. And God created all all the good stuff. So if we follow God, we'll have all the good stuff anyway. Right. And sometimes things seem good, but sometimes there's better things like... Cookies seem good, but supper is always better for you. Right. Right. And that apple seemed good to Eve, but she had a whole garden that was better. (laughs) That's true. That is absolutely true. And sometimes what happens is we get so focused on what we can't have or what somebody else has that we don't focus on the blessings in our life and we miss out on everything that could happen in our life. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so somebody can seem like they're they're doing okay. Um but there's things in their lives that sooner or later are gonna crop up. And unjust gain is one of those things. Wow. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it's it's so easy to see in this chapter in Proverbs It's so easy to see in this chapter of Proverbs this this contrast. And yet, it's so hard sometimes to see it in life. And it's so hard to tell people, stop, don't do that. Don't do that. 
And it's heartbreaking to see people go down the wrong road because we know, we know what's at the end of that road. We know that the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain get their their life, give their life in exchange for unjust gain. God, show us a better way. Show us a better way. You do. You show us a better way. But show us day by day in our own choices a better way. Please don't let us take that path in any way, shape, or form. Please let us not consent to something we don't mean to consent to. Please guard us from that path. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray. Amen. 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 See you guys later. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this time with Train by Grace 2. It's a little bit of a heavy topic, but the Bible doesn't steer away from heavy topics. And just bringing up Herod and Elizabeth and Zechariah were heavy topics. the The gospel is not none. Of, the gospel is not lightweight. The gospel is is glory, and so it's heavy. So I hope you've enjoyed that introduction and explanation, and I hope that. As we continue our study of Luke and the history behind the study in Luke, that we dig into um, the prime movers and shakers and consequences, because some of those beginnings happen in Genesis and Exodus. And they show up in the book of Luke. God loves you. God bless you. Remember, you are one of God's excellencies. So what is the next step? If you've heard this podcast, I appreciate you and would love to hear from you. There's a couple of options. Number one, listening adds value to this podcast and making this podcast. Um, number two, you can subscribe to this podcast. If you want to know more about that, email me at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to set you up with that. Number three, um, it gives you an opportunity to ask questions if you need a Bible, if you need resources. Also, 
Send me an email, trained by grace2 at gmail.com, all one word, um, all lowercase. And again, subject line podcast, and write in what you need. I hope that you have the resources you need or this sparks your interest. You may have some resources closer. Praise God for that. Um, But I hope this helps enrich your life and, and helps you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. For the glory of God the Father and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. God bless you.